Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Yeah, boys, I got it right. All right. They asked me right before service, hey, Pastor, what what are you preaching on today? I totally forgot to give them my scripture. I said, let's hope this is the right one I'm giving you. So Acts 20, and starting in verse 7. On the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper, and Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. The upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps, and as Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus, sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. Paul went down, bent over him, and took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said. He's alive. Then they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's Supper, and ate together. And Paul continued talking to them until dawn, and then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home alive and well, and everyone was greatly relieved. Lord, this is your word today, alive and active. And may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul had left Ephesus. You know, we we talked last week about him being in Ephesus and the riot had happened last week. He's left Ephesus and now we find him in Troas where Luke tells us he spent about a week there visiting with the church and and preaching and teaching with them. And and you'll notice that the the pronoun has changed back to we, which tells us Luke is giving his first-hand account. He was there to witness all of this taking place. Now, these little nuggets like this account today, this is why it's so important for you to read the Bible, not just the things I preach on Sunday, but everything in between, because you find these little nuggets, and I have always loved the account of Eutychus. But I have to tell you, when I was pacing together uh, my series on Acts and trying to pick out what it was we would be preaching over, I really debated whether to use this one or not, just because it's just very small, And I wasn't sure. I mean, we know the story, like, bless his heart, boy fell asleep in church, fell out the window, he died, Paul brought him back to life, they went back, finished the service, (laughs) you know? That seems pretty cut and dry to me. It just, you know, trust me, I've got jokes, people. I've got jokes on this one. But I thought, seriously, Lord, where's the beef? Anybody remember that commercial? Where's the beef of that? Like, what what is it that I'm going to teach out of this little, little thing? And then I began to just let him walk me through it. First of all, I believe we get a very good glimpse of the early church here. And and if you don't see that, then go back later, reread this. But let me tell you the things I saw. This would be an example of the believers meeting together as the church, right? Coming together. And this would be where they gather to share a meal. And I thought, oh, how appropriate. We're doing potluck today. Yes, we are. It's biblical, isn't it? They ate together. And so usually what would happen, would they would share a meal which would be called the love feast, a.k.a. a potluck. It was a family dinner together. And then after that love feast, they would do the Lord's Supper or communion. And I have to confess, we were going to do communion today. And I thought I had enough cups, and I did not. So I apologize to the very nth degree this morning on that 
on that little part, on my not counting my communion cups this week. But we get an example of how they were meeting together. We, we see that it said they met on the first day of the week. You know, sometimes we have this discussion on whether Sabbath is, you know, Saturday or Sunday, and, and how do we observe that? We, we get to see them. They're meeting on the first day, on a Sunday, as they are worshiping together as the body of believers. So we get to see that maybe this is already the shift from that Saturday to Sunday mode that they would have had, all right? So you're getting that glimpse of what it looked like. And, and you know, there's, there's multiple reasons of, of why that shift, number one, that would have been the day the Lord risen. So that's why they chose to, to worship on that day. Number two, maybe by this time, it's not so easy for them to worship in the synagogues anymore, right? Already we were seeing the pushback from the Jews that are, are not yet converted to believe in Christ. We're seeing that pushback of, of how it is, you know, who they're letting in. You know, we talked about that last week and the riots happening. So it's very, you know, common thought that, you know, maybe that's one reason we see the shift, whatever it be. They're meeting together just like we are today. And then we see that there are lamps. So they're meeting in the evening time. That tells me they're meeting in the evening time and that they're setting up for this to really be a long meeting because it says there's many lamps. All right. They would have been very reserved with the use of those lamps and their oil. So they knew this was a special time. Paul is coming. Let's prepare for however long this takes into the night, right? And this was Paul's last night with them. So maybe it was a little longer than usual. Maybe, you know, I know when y'all heard that mention of midnight, they, you probably thought, oh, Lord, if BJ ever preached that long, right? Like we could have a Sunday night service and we could just go all night long, right? Now, maybe this was just because this was Paul's last night with them. And as an apostle, it would, it, it's like bringing in our DS. So in November, our DS is coming and he's going to speak for us. And I'm, I'm wanting all of you here and I want you to drag everybody that's not here today with you. Um, so it's your chance to really meet our DS and his wife, Vanessa. You will absolutely love them. So he's an apostle speaking. This was a big deal. This was special for them to have Paul there with them. And Paul also understood this was his last night before leaving. And Paul understood that his direction of life was severely changing from this point on. He knew that he was heading back and that he may never see these churches again. So this was his last moment to talk and share everything in his heart to try to, it, it, it would be as if it was my last Sunday. I'd want to pour out my heart to you to make sure you knew how much I loved you, how much Christ loved you. And here's the story of Christ. Make sure you're solid in that. And so this was going to be a long night for them. And then we see this young man named Eutychus. What a name. Like sometimes I look at names that people are picking out these days and go, what? Go back to the Bible. You can find funky names in the Bible. Eutychus, right? And I love Eutychus because do you know what Eutychus means? Fortunate or lucky. How appropriate for today's account, right? So the scholars believe he was a young man, so sort of that preteen kind of age, preteen to early teen years. And probably, you know, maybe he had a long day and, and, and they would meet in the evening time, you see, because that's the cooler time of day. That would have been the, the time to meet. You, you know, we've just went through one of the hottest summers ever. 
And like you didn't want to do anything in the middle of the day, right? You wanted to do it later in the day when things began to cool off. And the room is probably packed out because, again, we have Apostle Paul with us. It's, it's like when we bring in somebody special, everybody comes to church, right? Like, y'all see me every week. I'm not special. I take that back. You guys have been loving on me so great for, for Pastor's Month, and, and I, I so appreciate every gift, every card, every call that I've gotten, every tax. Thank you guys so much. But you understand what I'm saying. You see me every week. When you bring in somebody special, everybody's going to show up, right? Because you got to look good, right? Everybody's at church then. So they needed all these lamps. Now, what happens when you pack a room and you have a heat source? It gets a little stuffy, right? And sometimes it doesn't even take a flame. Do you know you're each a a heater? You are 98.6 degrees. Start multiplying that times how many people's in this room. And I'm breaking a sweat thinking about it, right? Like, I I get hot very easily. I have recently discovered, I've been having this issue of, like, when I'm getting ready and I'm putting on makeup and I get so hot, any other woman like this, like, you got to run to the fan, turn the fan on, and just stand there and let it just blow on you because you feel like the makeup is melting as fast as you put it on. I recently discovered... It's because old habit. Do y'all remember? Okay, young people, don't y'all y'all know nothing about this. Other ladies, do y'all remember when we used to have to plug our curling irons in and you had to let them heat up? Like you plugged it in, you walked off and done something because it took a while to get it to that heat you wanted, right? Not anymore. Like within 15 seconds, we have it. Young people are looking at me like, what? <laughs> yeah, now you plug it in in 15 seconds, right? But I still have that habit of like. That's the first thing I do is plug in my irons and whatever, and and then I start doing my makeup, right? And one day I realize, bless my heart, the straightener is 370 degrees just coming up in my face. And I was like, wait a minute, let's just play with this a minute. And I undone those and moved them. And do you know I can put makeup on and not break a sweat now? It was my straightener and my curling iron with the heat coming up over my face every day. And there I was thinking I was going through menopause and getting scared, right? Yeah. So we understand what it is to get stuffy. When we have a funeral here and we pack out that fellowship hall, what happens, ladies? Now, that's not a normal case, but when you pack it out... Our our system just can't keep up with that much body heat in that room, right? So so I want you to consider that as we talk about this. This is the atmosphere that Eutychus and the rest of them are in. This place is probably packed to the kilt. And little old Eutychus, he's smart at least. He goes and sits in a windowsill. And and understand, they didn't have glass. It would have just either been latticework or it would have been shutters like this that could have opened on the outside to, to just let air come in the room. So he sits at the windowsill so that at least he can probably get a breath of air. And and maybe it's, you know, I kind of envision like our wall that you could sit up there and just kind of kick back, right? Now, Luke makes no mistake. I love how Luke talks about Paul. As Paul spoke on... And on. In other words, Paul liked to talk. We, we know this by just reading his letters. He really did like to talk. So he makes no mistake in letting us know that this was not a 30 minute, 45 minute kind of get together, right? 
He goes on and on. Church, you know how it is when the pastor just keeps talking and keeps talking and you're watching the watch and going, lunch, got to get up to Condessa's before, you know, the other church is let out. We got to go. We got to go. Right? Y'all understand that. Yeah. I I thought you, I I knew somewhere in this story you were going to relate to this today, right? Now, when we put chairs in here, one of my top concerns was those of you sitting on the outside of the row. Yeah, everybody turn and look at who's sitting on the outside. Because I was scared that if you fell asleep, you no longer had the arm to hold you in the pew, right? <laughs> that's, that's why y'all got so lovey with the wives all of a sudden, right? So that it, it hooks on, right? I remember our first Sunday, the thought of that, and we had closed our eyes, we were praying, and I heard a thud. And I really thought, I can talk about him, he's not here today, Galen. I really thought, oh no, Galen fell out of the chair at the back. Turns out it was somebody had a kid pack back there that slipped through the chair and thudded on the, the floor, you know. But I really had that momentary thought of, oh no, which one of my guys just hit the floor, you know. I get it, I get it. I, you know, sometimes when I'm sitting in those chairs, I miss those little side arms too when we're having a long day and we just want to prop up. And that's what Eutychus was having. He, he became drowsy, the scripture tells us. You know what I'm talking about, that good old Nazarene nod. You know, you start out trying to look like you're listening to the pastor and somehow it just gets heavier and heavier. <laughs> And so the scripture says that he gets drowsy, and when he finally fully falls asleep, he fell three stories to his death. Thankfully, you could survive this fall in here, I believe. I think that's why we have single-layer churches now, don't you? (laughs) Why we don't meet on a, a third floor anymore. See what happens, people, when you fall asleep in church, by the way? There's a punishment, I'm just saying. But church, listen to me. Luke doesn't really tell us a whole lot about Eutychus. That's why I struggled with the scripture. I'm like, God, I need more than this. Like, I've dove in every commentary, every everything you could think of this week. I need more than that, Lord. Because Luke doesn't really tell us a whole lot. So can you give me just a moment? Let's imagine poor Eutychus. He's had a hard day, right? And, and, and maybe he's had a hard week. Because even though that's preteen to young teenage... They worked a lot harder than our kids do today. Like that's already almost a man right there, okay? So let's just imagine he's just had a hard week, a hard day. And so you know what? I'm just going to be proud for Eutychus. He showed up at church that night. Because how many of us on a tired day can very easily stay home? Because uh, I know I'd love to do it. I just can't do it anymore, right? Because I'm up here. So I'm glad that he made it to church. But now this young man, here's the problem with our young people. We we forget to just be happy when they show up, right? Because now he's fell out of the window. He's died down there and made this huge commotion. Like, how dare he, right? Because, you know, you got to have a certain respect at church and you got to, you know, behave yourself, kids, at church. Right? But don't be so quick to judge. Oh, this is where God began to speak to me this week. 
See, verse 9 says, as Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep, dropped three stories to his death. Some of your translations may say that he was picked up dead or that he was taken up dead. In other words, the people had already decided he's dead. And, and I believe this because, again, Luke is a doctor, by the way. Luke is here. He would know a dead person if he saw a dead person, right? I mean, that's what we assume. But then look at verse 10. Paul went down, bent over him, took him into his arms, and then said, don't worry, he's alive. Call it a miracle. Maybe we just saw the first version of CPR, because, man, some people can hug you, and that, that's a big hug, right? That's a jolt. But this young man who the crowd declared was dead, and remember Luke's the doctor, Paul said, he's alive. He's alive. Oh, and listen, when the world says that we're dead, God says, oh, but I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished with that person yet. Maybe someone in here today, maybe that's you. Maybe maybe you have felt like the, the pressures of the world have just been weighing you down and, and like, what's the use? I'm so tired of fighting. I'm so tired of trying. And, and the world just says, I'm done. But God says, you're not dead. You're alive. And I'm not done using you yet. I'm not done. Eutychus, he has a testimony now, does he not? He can say, I once was dead, but now I'm alive. Church, what is your testimony? I once was this, but because of God, I am now this. Don't let the world decide what you are. Don't let the world tell you that you're dead. You see, we, we live in this, this time and this, this culture around us. Everything's cancel culture. Everything's judgment, right? Um, there's a, a country artist uh, that just released a album over the last, I don't know, week or two. And it's a gospel album. And, and I don't know a whole lot of his story, but I guess evidently he sobered up and then he made this gospel album. And, and it's some old time religion. Tyler Childers. I don't know if anybody knows that name. Lady May. There, that'll, that'll clue it in. And I was listening to the album. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan because there's some serious theological issues in some of that music that I don't agree with. But this story reminded me today because I thought if the story is true, this, this man has sobered up and is trying to return to roots he grew up in, I'm not going to judge him because that means he's in an early stage of that faith that could still be discovering things. So I'm going to leave it to God to begin to chat with him about his theology of things doesn't mean I'm going to partake of a lot of that music. I, again, there's a couple of those songs that I just really struggle with some of the theological things of it. And, but I thought, I'm not going to judge him for that. I'm not going to, because there's been people on social media come out and just, Rah! you know, I think he's faking it. And maybe he is. Maybe he just wants to make a buck off of all of us that want a little old time religion. I don't know. 
but I'll let God be God. And you know what? If God is working in his life, then God, he can handle that. You see, it's so easy for us to tear people down because they don't meet our story. Well, they're not like me. And and that theology is all wrong, so let's just write it off. No, because I've already seen people giving testimonies that now they've quit drinking and they've sobered up and, and they went back to church for the first time. God can use whatever God wants to use. We are so quick to judge sometimes who is redeemable and who is not. And that's not our place. That's not our job. We're supposed to be loving people, not declaring them hopeless, right? Not quickly declaring, because he hears the deal. Eutychus fell, and, and, and Paul is still speaking, so like, we need to clean this up. We just need to get him out of the way so we can get back up here and listen to Paul. But I love, I want you to think of this in a whole other atmosphere. Verse 10, everybody, they're picking him up. They're ready to take him and, and go bury him. Take him back home to mama, have your funeral, whatever, mama. Paul goes down, he bends over, and he took him in his arms. I love that mental image of Paul picking up a supposed dead body and taking him in his arms. Church, when is the last time? that you took someone in your arms that the world called hopeless, that the world called dead. There was no life, no hope of change, total outcast. You know, sometimes people, I love our kids because they run to me every Sunday and they just want to hug. Logan, Logan always sneaks up and grabs that leg. Like if I'm, even if I'm busy talking, he will just sort of leg hug me and run away, you know, kind of deal. It's because people want to be hugged. Think for a minute in a time of your life where somebody hugged you and it just almost broke you because that's all you wanted. To feel loved. To feel accepted. Just to feel like everything is going to be okay. Have you felt the power of the Spirit in this act series? Man, I hope you have. I hope you've noticed that, yeah, we're looking at people, but it's been the acts of the Holy Spirit working. My prayer this morning before I stepped up was, God, I'm a a really broken vessel today, but use me however you want to use me. And that's the same for every one of you. When we leave this place today, I know that there are some of you, you're broken, you're hurting, you're dealing with some things. God can use you just the way you are. Just the way you are. Now, the the glory is he never leaves us the way he finds us, and I'm so thankful for that. But he'll use that brokenness as we love others. And as as I was looking at this 
Because we're, we're nearing the end. And I thought, what do these apostles and these disciples that we've been reading about, what do they have that we don't have, Lord? They have an urgency. I hope you've sensed that. They have an urgency, no matter where they go, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do they have this urgency? Because first of all, Jesus told them, go make Christ-like disciples in all the nations. He gave them a purpose. That purpose is still our purpose today. What was the other urgency? They knew as they watched him ascend that the angel told him he's coming back. In the blink of an eye, he'll be back. And they lived in that urgency of knowing every single day Jesus could come back. So they felt that urgency to go and tell people everywhere. Like they took it for real. Monday night, Brittany called me, and it was a video call, and and I could see as soon as I answered, she had a little bit of panic, and you know, mamas, that's always, we hate those calls of like, oh, what's wrong, you know, because I could tell she was a little distraught, and when you're five hours away, like, oh, what can I do about it, you know? Well, she was distraught, all right. She's sitting at Chili's, and she says, mom, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, whoa, whoa, baby, what's wrong? I'm thinking Andy broke up with her. Oh, no, you know, no, no. She said, Mom, they took the waffles and chicken off the menu. (sighs) I'm sorry, baby. No, Mom, you don't. I mean, she was melting down. She was like, you don't understand. That's what I always order. That's my favorite. I love the chicken and waffles, Mama. How? What am I going to do? I tried cracking jokes. Well, take your own waffle to Chili's and just get the... You know, Chipotle crispers. Mom, that's not the same. Okay, okay, okay. Then I'm realizing this is for real. I was like, just try something else. No, I don't even want anything else, Mom. You know, and I can hear Alex on the other side. Oh, Lord, help us. Like, I just want to eat, you know. (sighs) And I said, she said, Mom, seriously, what am I going to do? I said, baby, the same thing your daddy and I are going to do. Like, we're almost out of coffee, not M&M's. Yes, I still have some. Oh, Kathy, I had boxes upon boxes of those things. We were on our last box, and we were slowly going through them. But only last week did I eat my last mocha latte um, Oreo, by the way. I might have overpaid a little bit on Amazon to get the last of those. He has pictures of our last sad face of the very last mocha latte Oreo. So I told her, I said, baby, I said, your chicken and waffles, it's gone wherever our M&Ms and Oreos are. She said, no, mom, that's different. Like you saw the end coming. She said, mama, I did not know the last time that I ordered these, it would be my last time. Nobody warned me. Hmm. I said, oh, baby, thank you for that sermon. You see, folks, Jesus is coming back. And I see your Facebooks. I know y'all like to post about it and you like to talk about how how quickening it feels, like everything is stepping up, like we're really in the end times. They've been in the end times since the moment those apostles started spreading the word. Because Jesus said, I'll be back. You just won't know when. You just won't know when. We've always been in the end times. No, it's getting faster, BJ. Then why aren't you living like it? Why aren't you telling people about Jesus Christ? Look around. The town of Wicks is not sitting here. I can't share it with the whole town. And I can only do so much 
But guess what? I'm not the only one called. If you're a believer in Christ, you are called to go and make Christ-like disciples in all the nations. You are called to tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ, just like these early disciples did. You are called. Because you see, when Christ comes back, somebody's going to say, Whoa, I didn't know. I didn't know that the last time somebody invited me to church was going to be the last time I had an opportunity to go to church. I didn't know the last time that somebody said, do you want to believe in Christ as your Savior? I didn't know it was my last time. Like, nobody told me that. We need to tell people. We need to share with people the hope of Jesus Christ. Whatever he's done in your life that gives you so much hope that you want to show up here on a Sunday morning together with other believers to take a love feast together and and live life together, you need to tell other people what that hope is. Well, it doesn't always come up in the conversation. Something tells me Paul always was looking for an open door because he sure did like to talk on and on and on. In fact, so much so, I love verse 11. Paul, when he revives him, what does he do? He doesn't sit there and talk to him. Eutychus, that was stupid. Don't sit in the windows no more. He says he's alive, and he goes back upstairs And they pick back up and keep going. And instead of it just being till midnight, he stays and talks till daylight, till he has to leave the next day. And this wasn't just like him standing there preaching probably. This would have been them discussing like somebody, wait, explain that to me, Brother Paul, because I don't understand what you're saying. Guys, you miss it on Wednesday night. We love Wednesday nights. And this week, I'm so proud of my, my Wednesday night class because the great pastor that I am, I left my book at home with all of my notes. They think I did it on purpose, by the way. I've seen them looking at me. And no, it really wasn't. I, I just accidentally didn't drop it in my backpack. So I told them, and they all went to shoving their book. Here, you can use my book. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to do it different tonight. Y'all are going to teach the class. Like, you're just going to share, which we share anyway. So I knew it wasn't a big deal. And they began to share what God was stirring in their hearts through this devotional that we're doing together. That's what Wednesday night is. We talked about this Wednesday night of, man, I wish more of you Sunday morning people would come on Wednesday night. Because it gives us an opportunity to dialogue together. To bust open of a, wow, this passage did this for me. Or I don't really get this one. Can we talk about it? It really lets us begin to ask the questions. So I love that that Paul, he revives Eutychus, and then they go right back up into service and keep on going. As if someone did not just come back to life from the dead. Like, if that happened in our church today, and, and God blessed me with the ability to revive the person, like... We'd be like, oh my goodness, like, like, just stop everything and let's party and let's, but Paul just like nothing happened out of the ordinary went back. Why? Because it kind of wasn't out of the ordinary, was it? We've seen miracle after miracle as we walk through the book of Acts. I want to find that normal again. I want to find a normal where people are so often changed by the Holy Spirit, not that we take it for granted, but like we just expect it. Like, oh, such and such, they 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 gave up their addictions? Great. Like, 
Because that's what the Spirit can do. That's what the Spirit can do. Such and such got saved today? Yeah, because that's what our God does. Let's find that normal again. Church, I know there's many of you that have been putting stones in the the jar. And and, and I'm going to say this again because a couple weeks ago I I reminded you about what the stones are because we had some new faces and somebody told me later, so I'm so glad you shared that because I had no idea what people were doing. Like I was a little freaked out of watching everybody just walk up there and drop stones in there. We call this our Ebenezer jar. Ebenezer is the stone of help. And we read in the, the, the story of Samuel where when, when God had given them great victory, they began to stack these stones to remember what God had already done for them. And so in our Ebenezer jar, we write our initial on a rock and we drop it in. And it's a remembrance of, God, you, you've already moved. I know what you're capable of. But here's my prayer. And I'm going to stack it. And wow, we have quite the jar now. Quite the jar. And I know some of you have been putting rocks in every week. Every week. And I don't know, maybe some of you like me, because this jar is always here. You don't have to wait for music to play. You don't have to wait for service. You can come before service and do it. You can come after service. You can drop by on a weekday and do it. I've been known to come in here on a weekday and just drop my stone in because you know what? Sometimes we need a prayer in the middle of the week as much as we need one on a Sunday morning. Hmm. And we keep dropping the rocks in there, and and some of you I know are like, PJ, nothing's changing. It's not moving. I know. My rock isn't moving yet either. Hmm. But don't let the voices in your head tell you it's dead. Because God says it's alive. And whoever and whatever you're praying for, if they're alive and breathing, God still has a chance to reach them. Keep praying. Keep praying. Maybe it's a prayer for yourself. Maybe it's a prayer for your family and loved ones and friends. Maybe it's, maybe it's your coworkers. A situation. I know these rocks cover a lot of different kind of prayers. Some have moved. I heard a, a great praise from, from Shelly that her brother has made it on the official transplant list. So this, this has been an awesome, awesome praise. But those prayers continue for him now as he waits. He still waits. Don't call it dead when God may not be finished yet. Stand with me this morning, church. We're going to pray together, and if y'all could pull up our Chris Renzema song that we play, and if you haven't already and you want to come and drop a rock in, then, then it's there. If you want to wait till after service and just come up here by yourself, that's fine. That's fine. I love that we serve a God that it's, it's not in the traditions and motions we go through. It's in the relationship that we have. And maybe this morning, you've never came and you've never put a rock in because you're like, I don't know that God hears me. I don't know that I'm good enough that he hears my prayer. Wrong. Wrong. Because God over and over has used the broken. 
God over and over has redeemed the lost. And he loves you just as much as the person standing next to you this morning. Maybe there's someone you need to pray about this morning of, God, I just need to hug that person when I leave here today. Because they need to know your love as much as I do. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And Lord, I know some of these rocks, even though when we put them in, they're the same size. And But God, some of these prayers feel really heavy this morning. So I pray as we've dropped the rocks, may we also drop the weight. Because Jesus said that his yoke would be light. He'll carry the heavy stuff. Father, I know there's some prayers in here today that we're on the verge of giving up. We don't see you moving. God, you didn't call us to move the rock. You just called us to pray on the rock. So we're going to leave the heavy lifting to you. And God, we're going to declare today that what we thought was dead or what the world has said was dead, you can still bring to life redemption father redemption and father may we live in an urgency today of knowing that just like Paul that maybe this was the last time he got to spoke Lord maybe this is the last day I get to give your your gospel and so I pray that every person here in this room has said yes to you But what happens when if we come back next week, then they still say yes. And may we give your spirit full reign in our life. To see the things that we see in the book of Acts that Luke showed us, we have to give the spirit full reign in our life. May we do that today, Lord. May we do that today. Father, I thank you for every person here. It was not an accident who walked through this door this morning. Every person heard a message from your spirit, and may they continue to meditate on it as they leave here. And God, I know that the enemy will try to pluck that message as fast as they walk through those doors today, but God, may your Holy Spirit continue to water it, plant it, and may it grow because of your spirit. Father, we pray over our uh, potluck, our family feast together. May it be a time of fellowship with one another as we just sit at a table and, and converse with our friends and talk about our week together. And may you bless the hands that prepared it and the ones that are working the kitchen for us today. And all of God's people said together, amen. Church family, uh, some are still praying and that's fine. I love you. I hope you leave with an urgency today to go be a blessing to someone because you've been blessed. Have a great, great Sunday. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.